Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of Mother May I Sleep a Podcast is brought to you in part by the Lifetime Movie Club, the ultimate streaming destination for Lifetime movie lovers. Choose from 100 movies at any time with new movies rotated in weekly to keep things fresh. And you can watch anywhere on your favorite device. As a bonus, listeners of this podcast get an exclusive one-month free trial. Go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash malls to start your free month now. That's LifetimeMovieClub.com slash M-O-L-L-S. Welcome to Season 3 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. Welcome to Mahia, Texas, my hometown. Most people pronounce it Mexia, and it's not. It's Mahia. And this here is the chicken stand where I used to work. And it's where my first husband. Oh, shoot. I don't want to talk about him. Cut, cut. <laughs> Okay, so today we have Esther Pavitsky to talk about Anna Nicole. I'm so happy. Which is like, she's a legend, an icon. Did you watch the show? I did watch the show. I loved the show. I'm, I mean, I just have always been drawn to her. I love her. I'm a fan. She's, she's amazing. so vivacious. Yeah. And like, if you go back and watch like, okay, so this actress she really did her best yeah and i don't envy the task of like having to take on anna nicole because in one movie you are rocking like 10 lifetimes like young mother like burgeoning stripper like at the top of her game by the way it's hard enough to play a different person especially when they're known for being so gorgeous like it's just really hard and that has to be hard on someone and by the way, the actress playing her is gorgeous. I already followed I followed her on Instagram today. I'm a fan. And I think her name is I wanna say Agnes. Is that Yeah, her name is Agnes Bruckner. So she I, I her Insta is private, but I went ahead and smashed that follow button and I was accepted. <laughs> and she is gonna also be playing Chris Jenner in a movie. Yeah, so she has like I'm looking right now at her so she's the haunting of Nicole Brown Simpson. Which so like cool. she has children that are still alive, <laughs> by the way, America. Um Nicole Brown Simpson still has children who are alive. Um but like Agnes has had like a nice little career for herself. She did do this in two thousand thirteen, but like since then she did the returned. She was on Once Upon a Time in a recurring role. Like I'm always impressed when someone has like a nice little career going for themselves. Yeah. And not just like kind of a drop in. Because the chick who played Britney, which we were gonna maybe talk about, but I mean, I'd already done it. Devastated you already did it. Have to go listen to that episode. I'm fascinated by that movie. I did and it's so ironic. I've done both Britney as I did Britney Murphy and Britney Spears. And like Britney Murphy was someone that I was like she she just aired, I guess, 
we're recording this now labor day um peek behind the curtain you guys and we are recording this on labor day happy labor day esther you too um whatever that holiday even fucking means like are we supposed to be familiar with unions is that what it is oh that's probably it yeah well i don't get wg health insurance anymore so i don't really care do you and like summer like i just feel fat right now so the summer's been off for me i just had a burger and fries i'm not feeling myself i mean that is labor day of me though but it wasn't like at a barbecue i'm just like ready to say goodbye to summer yeah i'm ready to put her to bed this year well here's the thing the the pumpkin spice latte is tech avail this week. So for yeah. me, that's my signifier of what season it is. Are so. you a PSL head? I'm just into the culture, the branding, like any kind of specialty drink. I'm here for it, but I don't necessarily get the PSL. Yeah. I would love for like a little small LA coffee shop to make some kind of like organic iced version. Yeah, I'll, I'll do like a little half pump once in a while of just the pumpkin the PSL. Pl- yeah. like i'll throw that in there because like i do my cold brew or here's the real trick esther mm. do you want to know how to like get the costs down at starbucks of course i did i'm only watching hour-long youtube tutorials trying okay so it's like 625 to order a cat an iced cappuccino with four shots because if i'm gonna like go for the day i need four shots are you serious yeah like that's what oh gets that's what gets me hard i do want to side um, note starbucks does not have oat milk which is a problem for me but please keep going okay i need oat milk um you could also bring that in the car okay that's well, always a, like a mini option to like yes. bring a little mini oat milk with you why I've, not i've done it all right I've okay. done worse. So then you go to you go to Starbucks and like you order an iced cappuccino. It's six dollars and twenty five cents. How is that possible? That's an assault on me. I don't feel comfortable with it. I do not consent. Like and so what I found out is if you just add four shots over ice, or three or whatever, as many shots as you want, and then you say, can you just put a little like steamed milk over the ice? And it's the same price, except it costs $2.95. Wait. so wh- Or the same drink. But what are you asking for when you arrive? You're saying, So I say, like, can I do four shots of iced espresso or three, oh, depending on my day? Four shots of espresso over ice, add a little milk. Yeah, a little steamed milk. And it's the same exact drink, except wow. it doesn't have the cappuccino label. S- hacks for Starbucks drinks are, like, I follow so many hack accounts on I Instagram. Know. It's so dark. Like, I could make so much money like if i was just writing or doing something else other than trying to save 30 cents at starbucks it's research it's research and like that will go towards something i don't know what Mm -hmm. i always say it's going in a bank for something someday that i'm not sure what but (laughs) i knew that i had life really figured out when i did that on my own and the guy said to me he's like the barista said to me like you've really figured it out huh (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, so he yeah. knew what you were doing. Oh yeah, he was like game recognized game. Like he really saw that. And I tip a dollar no matter what. Yes. So it's like he's he. We all got what we needed out of this transaction. And he just was like, yo, but also like you're good at this. I'm so turned on right now by that money saving. Yeah. No, it's like literally three dollars and fifty cents a day. Like that's huge. But will um, you just so you'll throw a little pump of PSL in there? What like once a year? Okay, I'll do a little PSL once shot. Once a year, yeah, like once a year. I don't need a lot of it. I'm not. I I prefer the gingerbread when that comes out. Now we're talking Ooh. Molly's game. Yeah, yeah, that's Molly's. That's the real Molly's game. <laughs> so, 
Um, here's the deal with Anna Nicole. I'm obsessed with her. I will not lie and say that I was like super familiar with her guest modeling, like up until Anna Nicole's show came out. But when it came out, that show hit me like a sack of bricks and it was just like, I've needed this. I've wanted this. It was at the peak of, and we do see during this movie, just for everyone at home, this is not a typical episode. We're probably going to handle this closer to what our mini episodes on Patreon will be like, but we do see in this episode a scene of Howard K. Stern. Loved this scene. Pitching the show to network executives. It's and he's an- like, she's fun. But like, she has like a kid, I don't know, a boy or a girl. Like, he doesn't even really know her or her life. And he's like pitching this loosely to execs as sort of like an Osborne type show. But Anna Nicole is going to be the Oz. So the Osbournes has been out. Which, which set is, the tone. That for- was one of my favorite reality shows of all time. The Osbournes is fucking amazing well they like broke open the celeb reality genre yeah like they made um a path for nick and jessica iconic mm-hmm. and nicole of course like and this is i think honestly probably one of their greatest gifts because the look that we were given inside to anna nicole's life was now that especially we see it in the movie you kind of see behind the scenes of how it was built on the desperation of howard wanting it to be a hit mm-hmm. but also anna's vulnerability I love how they, in that pitch scene, how it really clearly showed how scary and hard pitching is because he was so nervous. Yes. It was that. I, I, I respect it. So that. you see nervous. And I what I see there is I'm like, this is a guy that knows that he has a moneymaker supermodel mm-hmm. like at his hands who will do anything he says. How does one get to that place in life? I mean, there's a very iconic scene and I took a picture of it um, for my Instagram today because it's just, it's so iconic. But like Howard gets to finally, like he's going to quit his law firm because he wants to take on Anna Nicole full time. And this is about halfway into the movie when J. Howard Marshall's like on his last leg, he's about to die. Mm Mm-hmm. And who, by um, the way, I found myself very attracted to his generosity and kindness, like straight up. I was going to ask you, I was like, would you have a problem with that? Because I don't think I would. No, no. Like now that I've seen it, I'm like, they have a a real life. They had a real life together. But how do we bond? Do you think it like I'm just dying to know how accurate is this? Like, I would love to know what was the real relationship between those two. Well, I can really only judge like the accuracy of it based on like okay like i worked in gossip at the time that like she died i remember hollywood florida never forget put on the map the day that anna nicole died and um that all like the way the end played out seemed pretty accurate right and also like the restaging of certain like scenes on the reality show for example was pretty accurate like obviously the absence of kimmy her assistant Mm. who does not want to be found like she really is like the shelly miscavige of like that whole like uh she doesn't want to be found at all so kimmy people have found her on myspace but (laughs) Yeah, but, like, they did a good recreation of, like, the reality show scenes and then also, like, kind of the way that Daniel died and then she died, the the birth of the baby. Um, so I take that into consideration when I kind of, like, measure and weigh the first part of her life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if they got that part right, then they might have gotten some of the stuff right. That is so sciencey. I respect that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, I mean... None of us were there, and we could never be there. It was pre-internet. 
You know what I mean? 1994, you're working at a strip club in Texas. Like, no one's tweeting that. And, I mean, this man was elderly. Like, she brought life. She probably gave him an extra five years of life. Oh, yeah. There's nothing about this little transaction that I am mad at. No. She, like, she got paid for it. She just, she wasn't, you know, she got something out of it. As t- and he very much got something out of totally. it. Totally. Um, I'm obsessed with the prosthetic breasts. Oh, her, I, that's, that's, okay, so this is good. So on the show, we often, like, we parse, like, hair and makeup as part of it. We rank that as part of our <laughs> ranking system, which we won't do today. But I didn't understand how they got those fake boobs on her. I Googled it. Okay. And so they had, like, some Oscar-winning prosthetic person. Okay. And she said she was in, like, three to four hours of prosthetic application every, she, her call times were 2.30 a.m. Okay. Like, she was on her shit. And they're, pros, they're like, the f- world's fanciest prosthetics, I'm imagining, if, like, this guy won an Oscar. Yeah. Because they look so real. I'm like, how... That was all I wanted to know. I'm like, how do they do this? Because they look so real and so big and round. I wish that I could hire that person to just give me the prosthetics for like a vacation or something. The reveal was shocking. Yeah. Because like I didn't know what was going to happen. And I will say that I think Agnes did the work and that her body changed throughout the movie in like a very relatable, good way that was honored Anna's journey. Yeah. Because she was always like a curvier model for sure. And like, I just, I like, I'm not, I, I can't, this is why I can't act is because I look at something like this and I'm like, that is a life that you fucking just took on. And like to do that for like, I don't know, it's probably two and a half weeks because it's lifetime <laughs> of her, of your life. They, they really film these movie, movies in like two and a half weeks, but like to take on like that much of a journey where like you are a like basically a teen mom to now you're working at a strip club and you have gigantic fake boobs to now you're Anna pre trim spa to now you're post trim spa Anna like her body went through a journey for this movie she's basically Matt Damon <laughs> I mean she deserves a damn award I'll say it she did and like it's also hard to play I think we saw the same thing with the Britney movie I don't know if you agree but like it's hard to play someone that's iconic for being good at some like something very specific are you talking britney murphy or britney spears spears okay. but murphy only, as well i've like, only seen britney murphy movie well so with spears it's like the the woman had to take on basically like nubile 16 year old dance training and dance camp britney spears's like oh, moves and like everyone roasted her for that and i was like do you have any idea like as a 24 year old like not even your muscle memories like in the place where you're gonna like remember how to do that shit let alone like the actual all of it so like when you look at this actress and what she was able to do with actually playing the part but then also kind of like yes this is where it's lifetiming when you're watching these modeling scenes and you're like is that good i don't know like is that a very good is that a very good modeling job i don't know i've only seen antm <laughs> but like i know because of the way that history is informed me that that is good modeling do you how does this compare to a lifetime movie such as the Britney Spears or the Britney Murphy movie. To me, I found this one to be a lot higher quality and more enjoyable experience than the Britney Murphy. It's like in the spirit, I think, of the person. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I think the actress with Britney Murphy, like, she got... Britney Murphy is, like, sort of, like, you know, New York accent, sort of, like, sass down, mm-hmm. which I think is very important to understanding that character um, and portraying her. But, um, I th- like... 
I don't know. I mean, I think it's the spirit of Anna was there, which was that it was very like she's very lighthearted. Yeah. For everything she's been through, Anna was very lighthearted and silly, very, like childful. Yes, yes. Yeah. and like that's where she always like thrived on her reality show. Was like when she would do like a charity event with kids or something. She always like really like sort of dug in there and would like play in a way that's concerning to other adults. I think because you're like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? I was surprised to see in the film how they said that she, how she said, "I want a baby." I had always assumed that Danny Lynn was a little An accident. A, like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, she like. I mean, she wakes up Howard K. Stern in the middle of the night on a couch bed to maybe make that child. Um, But she, like, didn't know her entire identity, we learned from the very beginning, is it all starts in Mejia, Texas, which I always want to journey to every time I go to Texas. Um, Can you imagine? Well, and and that's why I don't, is because I kind of can. And, like, I feel like it would be very disappointing and very, um, very just, like... You know, we see from the beginning, it's very humble roots. She, you know, was born to a single mom. We find out right away that that cousin of hers, that it's in every interview ever, that when you go back and watch like the like historical footage or whatever, yeah, her cousin was actually living with them and was like being, from what we understand from the movie, like sort of like felt up by a series of her mom's boyfriends. And if that's heartbreaking, it's heartbreaking. And like, especially when you think about like how Anna Nicole, like found such like solace and sort of like sexualizing herself and like what a comfortable role that was for her. Mm -hmm. And like, has she really thrived in it? It's like, well, like no, like no wonder like you, cause you watch some of these scenes in this movie where she's like stripping or doing whatever. And she's really feeling it like from what you can understand as an audience member. Yeah. And I feel like that's a common story that you hear from women who become performers in any sense. It's like, oh, I saw the magazines under my dad's bed and you know, like I just, I feel like that is that iconic beginning to this career path. Totally. And like. That's also like a time capsule moment too, is that it's like special because you get to see like what Playboy meant to women of a different mm-hmm. generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I respect like how many women I I even just like know that like got themselves out of situations by like by following their dreams and getting into Playboy and like what that led them to. Yeah. And so we really see with Anna Nicole from a very young age. And this movie uses a great gimmick of sort of like talking. Vicky Lynn is, is how she was Vicky Lynn Hogan. Like she is spoken to by future Anna Nicole Smith, like throughout the entire movie. And she starts very young, like just knowing that if she can be this like grown up, sort of like sexy Marilyn Monroe type character, she's going to be okay. You seem to like this convention or whatever this. Is. I hated this. I'm like this. Oh, movie- I didn't. No, I mean, I I like had to get involved, yeah. like because at a certain point, you're like, okay, well, this is what they've decided to do. I only like it because I'm like, okay, I think if Anna watched this movie, she'd be like, I like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, that's not how I like love to consume a character, but I get, I feel you. Yeah. Like I just didn't need it. I don't think it added much to the story for me. And I understood that she was longing for more, you know, yeah. she wanted to become this glamorous woman. I didn't really need to see like the pretty girl in the dress talk to her. I know. It's, it seems like from a troll, first of all. It seems like a huge troll. My friend Troy was always like, 
you know, we both love Anna and we talk, we watch her paparazzi footage. Like we'll send each other YouTube videos all the time of just like how she just like loved the paparazzi so much. And we like started talking about this movie and he's like, I just feel so trolled by this like narrative. And I was like, but I feel like for Anna, the reason why this makes sense is because she pulled herself out from being like, you know, she got pregnant really young against the advice of everyone in her life, specifically her mother. Like there's um, obviously some daddy issues that are like generations. It goes back generations. And um, she kind of like pulled herself out of this thing with like a dream. Mm -hmm. And like, how do you like depict that drive when that drive is actually like kind of a sexualized male gaze driven symbol in the mirror? (sighs) Yeah. You know, like, how else would you do it? And, like, these movies, they're 127 minutes. Like, they don't fuck around with time. Like, they have a they have a budget on time. And so I kind of was like, okay, I guess I can see this for her. Like, if they did it with Brittany Murphy, I would have been really weirded out. Right. Because I'd be like, Brittany Murphy never thought like that. But Anna's all image. And it worked for her in a way. Yeah, I guess you're right. I'm so curious about Danny Lynn. It just drives me bonkers. She has the same eye condition as me. She has a lazy eye, strabismus. And then I think she's, I don't, I think she's getting her surgeries because I had two surgeries done when I was a kid to like reverse that. But she has, she was born with the same like lazy eye thing as me. Did the surgeries fix it? Kind of. I mean, when I'm drunk, tired or sad, like it comes out and people will be like, oh yeah, I didn't want to say anything. I thought it was like cute though. And I'm like, okay. Like, I I mean, I can't, I don't know if it's happening. I don't know if my eyes being lazy, but like I will catch it. Sometimes like selfies are hard. Selfies are hard. What makes them hard? Because I don't know where to put my eyes. Mm, Do you my, know what I mean? My co-star, Benji, uh, Alone Together, has that same condition as Strabismus? well. Strabismus? Yes. Did he do the surgeries? I don't believe he did, actually. Yeah. See, I had a friend in college who didn't do it. And so I always felt like I was looking at, like, okay, this is the parallel of, like, if I hadn't gone through the surgeries. And, like, as a chick, I was grateful. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm a girl. Like, I don't want to, like, you don't need anything else going against you. You know what I mean? Like, I had totally. braces, too. Like, I don't need i don't need anything else going against me with like a guy i'm like maybe i could have like worked that you know like it'd be like fun and quirky <laughs> so unfair that i know yeah it's, but it's true with a guy it's kind of like endearing like andy cohen rocks that serious lazy eye oh he has a lazy i didn't even know oh that. yeah 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 it's like kind of iconic like the Speaking of iconic, though, let's get back into the movie. One thing about the movie that I loved was when they were the reality show producer was, I think he was talking to Howard or somebody, but he hit this over the head, which was great, heavy handed writing, loved it. Like, <laughs> America wants to see this amazing star doing the quirky, normal things. I'm like, yes, that is, that is why this show was a success. It's why I loved it. It's yep. why the Osbournes was great. I'm like, thank you for spelling it out. I um yes and also like the double talk that existed around her too because we did want that but then like you also saw that iconic scene of her carrying J Howard Marshall's like urn into the house yes and like the way that played out on TV and like to see kind of like the off camera Anna be like I don't know like this seems like really like cartoonish like for me to deliver the urn to my new house do you think that that was real 
I think it was real because that was, I mean, that was a real scene where she carries in mm-hmm. the urn and like I could see her, you know, Daniel, I mean, Daniel, the voice of reason throughout this whole movie, her son, who she did everything for, like it all sort of like she really was propelled into fame by like wanting to support Daniel. Um, he was like, mom, this is weird. Like, why are you doing this? And that I believe because mm-hmm. like that kid was so weirded out to be on television and like not a huge surprise looking back like as terrible as it is because it was a surprise at the time that that's how he passed was like kind of just like helping himself to his mom's drugs a little bit um don't you find yourself getting angry at our society that we like let this happen to this family that deserves so much better yeah i mean it's a well it's a socioeconomic situation where she was a single mom that like her basically her only yes there's curveballs in there she was gorgeous one of a kind like an amazing personality and then also like kind of got in because of all of that brought into like a larger and life larger than life uh situation with her ex-husband or yeah her deceased husband um but like that was all done because she was in an abusive relationship and then rejected by her mom for any sort of like extra help and so like in that way i feel like it's like very much like a statement about what single moms kind of go through Mm -hmm. and like, you know, everything she did when she looked back on her life and when you saw like the sort of flashbacks of like what she was really happy about in her life, it all sort of came back to like the simple times with Daniel. And like, I think my mom would probably say the same thing about raising me, which is that like, you know, I like worked really hard as a single mom, but like ultimately everything I did was to like, you know, keep you young and not worried about certain things. But um, let's talk about some more, like, pivotal moments for you. Because, like, I think the reality show moment, that was, I for me, that was real. That was very real. And also, do you remember the eating scene as well? Like Which the, eating scene? The eating contest. That there was, like, the second thing they filmed for the show, which in the movie was them eating pizza. Oh. But in real life, I think they were eating Mexican food. Right. And... Um, like Anna won the eating contest and it was Anna, Daniel, Howard, and Kimmy mm-hmm. and Anna won the contest and Howard started to be a little bit of a sore loser about it on camera and like accuse her of cheating, which like when you're dealing with someone who has been f- like fed Xanax basically as a first case scenario, like since she has learned how to perform she's all like fucked up and she's like, I didn't cheat. And you know, she has the mentality of like a 14 year old or something. And she like takes, she like, it was a big fight on the show where she like threw a fit about not, not cheating in the eating contest. And then we see (laughs) the reality of it, which I think people who are on the camera crew have stepped forward and confirmed since, which is that she went to the bathroom and threw up. And that was what the big fight on the show was about was whether or not she went to the bathroom to like actually pee. Like she said she had to pee or like if she went to go puke. Um, But like winning an eating contest like meant that much to her. That is just of all the things in that movie and about her life, that's the one I don't relate to. And you wouldn't go puke after an eating contest? <laughs> I just wouldn't care that much. Like, what are the stakes? Why? I know. And, like, I wonder if it's maybe, like, she's... Like, is it for laughs? I think her brain is frozen. 
like, I mean, if I had to guess, like, she's probably incredibly stunted, mm-hmm. like, surrounding a certain period of her life. And, like... Yeah. She's also an entertainer, so maybe it was just, like, she thought it would be funny to win or... I don't know. Yeah. And, like, also, like, if you have to go through a scene where you're bringing in your dead husband's urn, like, you want the win. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You're like, okay, I'll film that scene, but, like, I at least... It's the Anna Nicole show. Like, I have to win the eating contest. <laughs> And I could see her sort of like painting that narrative and sticking to it. Whereas I can't imagine that anyone else there wanted another outcome, but for her to win. Right. Do you know what I mean? So like it, she does have an interesting scenario where she has consistently like surrounded herself with the wrong people. We'll go back to like what we were saying at the beginning, which is like how Howard came into her life. And, like, the second that Howard K. Stern is on screen, like, he goes to, like, the majority of some restaurant and he says, like, I need a private table. I'm meeting Anna Nicole Smith. Like, I can't have eyes on me. And the waitress is like, she's actually already here. And, like, Anna's in the center of the dining room in full hair and makeup, like, drinking a martini. And she's, like, waving proudly. And Howard says, like, I've decided to leave my – because this is where, like, Anna's – like whole contract with her agency was up and like her getting representation was really hard because she'd been fired as being a guest model for some of her other behavior. And, um, Howard says like, Oh, I have to like, I have to probably leave my law firm, but I just like want to dedicate my life to being like the propeller for your career. And Anna, I think consistently surrounded herself with the wrong people. We saw that like when she lost the guest contract, it was because she went to a NASCAR event with her best friend. I think whoever this woman was, we never really got into it, but this girl and her got this woman and her got really, really drunk at a NASCAR event. They sent Daniel back to the hotel Anna and her are Anna's move was dropping pills into a drink, which what? I thought was wild. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It like maybe brings back some sort of like Hefner esque situation where it's like back in the day we used to just put quaaludes in the martinis and we'd be fine. Ugh. Um but that seems like a really unconventional and even um if you're gonna be a real drug addict, probably lazy way to take in your least efficient way but um they got really really wasted and she and her friend came back to the hotel and they were just like they were very very drunk and they get into the lobby her friend like kind of cheers her on as she flashes a bunch of guys and then a very like pretty infamous clip came out of her and her friend in like a glass elevator like making out and like basically hooking up in a hotel elevator and um, this was tried to use, like, against her in terms of her marriage with J. Howard Marshall, but, like, also really kind of wrecked her relationship with Daniel, where he, like, kind of thought his mom was going to come home from the end of her day, and she is half naked in an elevator with, like, what he thought was, like, her platonic friend. I didn't love how, like, that... Ma- they showed Daniel, like, betrayed by her kissing the woman, and I'm like... Well, why is that? Is I guess is it just that she's clearly drunk and acting wild? But I'm like, well, if your mom's a little bit gay, like that's not so bad, right? It's like the biphobia didn't help, mm-hmm. like that other part of it. The only thing I would say that the story had going for it in terms of like maybe okay, I can see the condensed version. You just needed to see him be disappointed, yes. waiting for his mom to of come course. home, and then like she's shit-faced in an elevator doing something you don't understand intellectually but 
he always looked very uncomfortable. The, yeah. Like whatever they did with the young actor, like they were able to explain to him, you are uncomfortable by your mom's sexuality that she doesn't mind displaying in front of you. And it's always in your face. And like what truly what an uncomfortable thing. Yeah. Daniel throughout the film was always pretty sad, pretty disappointed. Yeah. That was just like uncomfortable. Like, you know, like, you know, you're at this NASCAR event, like earlier in the event, if we're going to just like talk about him at the same age, like he's looking at all these guys, they kind of like ogle his mom's jugs, like at this NASCAR event. And he's like, you know, 10 years old, like old enough to kind of understand, but not old enough to really understand. Mm -hmm. And even if you did really understand, I don't know where you're supposed to put that information as someone's child, but like it, it really just like was, Daniel did not have it easy, man. And no. Like, oh, God, no. But at the same time, like, everything she did was for him. She just also didn't have, like, the proper emotional training, well, I think, to be, like, a real mom. It's hard to say. Yes, it seems like he motivated her to work hard and make money and all that. But she clearly got caught up in partying and drugs and having fun. I mean, it's so evident in that scene where she does send him. He's like, I want to go yeah. home. If she was really, like, with it and for him she'd be like okay right away we're let's go home we're going home and said so she's like driver can you take daniel home she's totally she's just gone right with the partying and the drinking and she's all not that. that good hollywood single mom like which th- exists like totally fully exists it's like okay the show's over like i'm gonna go home like there was a little bit like to the perks of fame yeah that, like she really indulged in some people are there they take their appearance fee and they get out you know but she's totally. like she's partying and- she's there for the open bar mm-hmm. which i do i have to say like part of me yes i love that for anna but like also seeing what everything it did to her Me too. Come on, Mom. Let's go. Shut up, man. We're having a good time. Shut up. Hey, Danny. You want to go back to the hotel? Uh, hey, William. You mind taking Danny back to the hotel? Not at all. Thanks. I love you. Don't forget to brush your teeth, okay?
What do you want to start with today, Mom? Red ones? Blues. Danny, put those down. I see what you do when you do these. What happens? You want me to be like that? Danny, give me the pills. Why? So you can do more of them tomorrow? Danny, give me the pills. Give me the pills! Danny, give me the pills. Danny, give me the pills! You suck at being a mama, mama. So it's going to be all different now, isn't it, Mom? Every time you puke your guts out, you say that. One of my favorite ways to watch Lifetime movies is on the Lifetime Movie Club, streaming 100 Lifetime movies anywhere, anytime. New movies are rotated in weekly, so you will never run out of new juicy movies to watch. Plus, listeners of Mother May I Sleep a Podcast get an exclusive one-month free trial. Just go to LifetimeMovieClub.com malls, and if you're still not convinced, let me tell you about this month's movies. We've got I Am Elizabeth Smart, which I believe was produced by Elizabeth Smart, has Skeet Ulrich in it, and it is beyond creepy. It really, if you ever thought you knew what happened to Elizabeth Smart, watch this because you didn't. Uh, Cocaine Godmother is on there. How could anyone not watch a movie called Cocaine Godmother? And Rules Too Late to Say Goodbye and Committed. Again, to get your free month of Lifetime Movie Club, go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash malls. That's LifetimeMovieClub.com slash M-O-L-L-S for the exclusive to us offer of one free month. We do go to a scene that I did not know she went to Betty for. Did you know about that? No. So that must have taken place off camera. It was between... um. It was between the show and then Trim Spa, which makes sense. Something had to happen there. And she went to Betty Ford, and that's where she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and um, treated for her addiction. And she did seem to do sobriety on and off throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Like, that always seemed to be a um, something that there was no dialogue around for her growing up. Because she was, you know, as long as we're in the movie, we see the behavior of adult addicts like around her. Um, but no conversation about, you know, everything's about sort of like, you know, don't go out with makeup on, but it's not like don't go out with makeup on, but like also maybe you should just avoid alcohol or something. (laughs) There's a bad history of that in the family, which is why I feel like that's, you kind of like, this is like a sad socioeconomic tale in a way. Cause it's like, she had, didn't have the education or understanding of her upbringing that I think a lot of people, 
who are that other type of Hollywood mom that we're discussing, not to lump people into categories, but like they usually have that knowledge that she didn't have, which is like, this is a temporary thing. You got to save your money. You, this isn't about, you know, chasing fame and like, you know, popping bottles when you can. And like, we saw from like the very beginning, or I guess the beginning of her real fame, she got her photos taken for Playboy by like a customer at the strip club. Mm-hmm. It was the same customer that was about to leave the table the first time she came out without fake titties. And um, this guy like followed her throughout her life. And, and Daniel knew of him as like a guy from the strip club too. So when we see them at sort of like the gala where she's introduced to J. Howard Marshall's like sons and, you know, the, the society basically – um, this this random photographer guy is like in the mix, which is a little bit shocking, but also very true to Anna. She mm-hmm. always has kept bad people around her, and that is that was the death of her, <sighs> and it also was like it it's what gave her her start. And it's by the way so freaking common because people in Anna's position, you know, they just don't know any better. And if someone comes sure. comes along and they say the right things with a smooth talker, you know, you're just if you want the attention and you, you want someone who's just going to be focusing on you, you'll take what you get. You totally. Know, you'll take who's around. I see this time and time again. I've like known other people who have like been on reality shows and I'm, I'm telling you, they always have a few weird hanger honors where you just don't quite understand. It's not adding up and you're like almost want to intervene, but it's not your place. And who's supposed to be her guide too? Yeah. Cause like no one in her life had this, there was no like, we're going to get Anna famous sort of thing. We're going to make Vicky Lynn into Anna Nicole. Like there was right. no one doing that. At except least until for, like, Howard came in, came in, but then this, the scene. So there's a scene where Howard is like, they're at a pool party of some sort. Howard's talking to some producer who's got a script. Howard's and, case turn. Yes. Howard yeah. K. Stern and, and he's like Anna come over here we're gonna make this movie you're gonna be in this guy's movie and they're talking about the movie and it sounds obviously so freaking stupid and yeah. in my head I'm like screaming at my computer screen I'm like no like Anna just needed the right person to guide her and so she's got Howard K. Stern like talking to some shady ass producer who wrote some movie that sounds terrible like imagine if Anna had, had hooked up with not you know sexually just like right. hooked, hooked herself along to someone who was actually going to be like here's this good script we're going to get you acting lessons like you're going to be the next Marilyn Monroe it's just it's all about those people you surround yourself with and right if you get unlucky like things do not end up well well I mean like the irony of it all is that like Anna actually outlasted Marilyn Monroe by like a good 20 years and like yeah. I think that part of that is like I mean in that case she lucked out but it's like you know her entire any success she had at any turn was because she was a sexualized being like Mm -hmm. even the guest campaign like maybe that guy who was running that maybe he could have been the good guy here but like he hired her because he is notoriously known like they right are bad people yeah and like his whole like purpose for hiring her was like that was looks like the girls that i like dreamt about when I was 14 and so every person who's ever moved her forward in life it was because of her sexual appeal Mm -hmm. and like Howard in that scene is such a drip because he's like he's literally looks I mean that was the night that she signed him and they go to a pool party and like he's in the pool with some like suspicious producer type that's saying he has a a movie for her that apparently J. Howard Marshall had to finance by the way like because do you remember during the funeral scene she's all like worried that the movie's not going to get made but um 
yeah, like it's every move, every like step forward she had was because of the sexualization, but there was never like the intelligence behind it. Like, and I don't mean that about her in a mean way. I mean, like no one, there was never any, there was never any like manager who's like, here, stick with me. Right. Say, you know, like I, you're a good person with a good heart. Right. And you have all these other things. She's just like fumbling through the world and whoever sees her and is drawn to her and wants to do this thing because of the way she looks like, yeah, she it's, she's just a victim of her own good looks and the people who are preying on that. And so then like we go to like, go back to that scene, like a few moments ago where, um, you know, Anna has this like big party where she sort of introduces society and she's really nervous because J. Howard Marshall's kids are being like fucking pricks to her, which like I see both sides. Like, mm, yeah, if right. I was his kids, I'd be terrified mm-hmm. because it is true. Like, I've seen so many families just like where the new girlfriend sort of like walks away with the fortune. And it's not even like a wife. It's like a, just some girlfriend um, walks away with the fortune. And um, he's being a prick to her. And he really kept that up for the entirety of her life. Um, He's clearly the villain in this movie. Totally. Um, But, like, the second that she, you know, starts to get really nervous, she goes into the bathroom and she's, like, cornered by her old friend from the strip club who took pictures of her and said, I just got a call from Playboy. And so we go into this, like, wild scene where she's blowing rails off the center console of a convertible and, like, drinking bourbon behind the wheel, which is, like, very Texas. Where it's, it reminds me of just, like, Riggins, like, tossing. Did you watch Friday Night Lights? Just, like, no. tossing beer cans out while he drives in Texas. There's long stretches of road. Like, no one's going to catch you. Like, sort of like the – it's, like, these long Texas roads. Like, you're just never going to get caught. Um and she winds up getting into a really bad accident. Um, and we don't see that guy again, but like we do see him get her all the way to the place where she's arrested and she comes limping out of the jailhouse the next day with like in her sequin dress with like a broken foot. And Daniel's like, what happened to your car? And like, no one is asking really what happened. J. Howard Marshall kind of doesn't want to know. <laughs> like what happened and like his sort of advisor that even was the person that brought him to the strip club in the first place as to her, like what happened to your friend last night? And she was like, you hush your mouth. And it, it like, I, it's very easy to see how this happens. Like it really is. It's like, it's almost like it was her destiny. Like there are some people that are a little too special for like this world in a way. And, like, I do feel like she had challenges that presented themselves. And, like, we got everything that we could out of Anna Nicole. But I just feel bad because I'm like, who was taking care of her? Yeah, no. See, this is, like, where I disagree. And I'm like, I... I t- you're right. She is too special for this world. But I, I wish, like, what could have been. Right. I would love to see where Anna Nicole is today. Like, is she going live on Periscope? Like, <laughs> I just feel like there's so much potential there. Right. And we are being, everyone is being robbed of it, including her. And it is just because drugs and alcohol, like, I hate to be that fucking square ass who's blaming it. But it is, it's like, drugs and alcohol take people's lives they take them away from us yeah it's a real like disease right like i don't know the exact cause of death but i'm assuming it was a combination it was like a lethal combination of pills Mm -hmm. and like she and daniel basically died of like the same basically they were popping pills out of mom's purse like you know what i mean like 
Yeah, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, when I was 23 and my mom had Zans laying around the house, like, I'd go home for Christmas and take a Zan and not talk to my family for two days. And it was tight. Like, (sighs) but then, like, thinking about, like, mom just having, like, a roving, like, just, like, bag of, like, painkillers and uppers and downers. And, like, you know, she's taking some and you're taking some. And, like, neither of you have, like, a a good doctor on your side. So there's that. There's probably lots of people prescribing. Same with like Michael Jackson where there, they, there was like four doctors that were in the mix, <sighs> but then also like no conversation around. Okay. Like if you mix this pill with this and you have alcohol, like you could potentially have a seizure or you could die where, you know, like I won't even take an antidepressant without knowing like what my parameters are for, for something. Yeah. And they're taking, you know, like controlled substances, like stuff that you can't get without putting your ID on the counter. And it was, I think oxys and like Xanax and it was definitely like painkiller heavy. I think it was opiate heavy. Okay. Um, which is like, and I, that was also like suspicious because, you know, Anna, Anna's son died who we did not know publicly in any way had a drug problem. Um, and that's something we definitely would have known about if it was like super hardcore prevalent, I think. Um, and they do a little like service to that in the movie where they kind of like have Anna say to Daniel after Anna gets very, very drunk when she's pregnant with Danny Lynn, she goes into the hospital and she says, I'm worried about my baby. And, um, she knows she's pregnant she's been very, she's been drinking hard. And, um, Daniel comes in and he's like, Hey mom, are you cool? Like what's going on? And she's like, I, um, she's like, what's going on with you though? Like your pupils are weird. Right. And she's like fixated on his eyes and he's like, get off me. Like, don't even worry about me. You're in the hospital from drinking while you're pregnant. (laughs) Um, and so he dies two days before his mom died, I think. It was like Danny Lynn was born and then 48 hours Daniel died. Mm -hmm. And then I think like a good like 48 or maybe 72 hours after that Anna died. That is wild. And they died with like the same combo of drugs in their system. So like a lot of people automatically look to the shadiest motherfucker in any room, Howard K. Stern. And they were not looking good for him. Yeah. They're like, did you give him pill? Did you give Daniel pills to like shut up basically? Because like the whole game with Daniel and we saw this on the show. And I think this is like probably what did not help Howard K. Stern's case in any way was that like the game was always like shut Daniel up, you know, just like keep him happy. Like it was always on the reality show. Like her being like, I left a checkout for pizza. Like you have your video games. And like, that was it's like a normal mom, but your mom's also Anna Nicole and she's fucked up. And I feel bad. He was only like 20, 20 or 21 when he died. He it's was young. Horrible. He, you know, who, I don't know anything about the kid. Like who knows yeah. what he was into. He probably, he had such a horrible fucked up life from the damn start. Like yeah. he just never had a chance and it's, it's really sad. And you know, there is nothing wrong with, you know, wanting to keep your kid quiet, like just in general, to me, that's how like, you know, to a certain extent I grew up, it's like, yeah, the parents want to do their own thing. Here's some money, get get some pizza, like shut up. That's not so bad, but it obviously just things were to an extreme in every way for him. Right. And then like the other like difference is if we're going to like draw a parallel to like the shows that were happening at that time, like Ozzy Osbourne has an oldest daughter who never appeared on the show 
and she has her own life. And like Daniel, when he said, you know, I kind of want to not be really on camera, they were like, well, we sold this show because you're a family unit. So Mm -hmm. like get involved. Right. He didn't have a choice. He didn't. Yeah. There was no choice. And like, and and the stakes were also like, are we going to eat or not? Because like the network had put them in a new home. Like we saw right away when the show ended, you know, Anna and him were in like a two bedroom home or a two bedroom apartment that like her chores for the day were done at noon and she knew that she was about to be an empty nester. Daniel was going to graduate sooner rather than later and move on. And that's a big reason why she got pregnant was she wanted that young life in her life. Um, but like, it's sad. It's very, very sad. It's very sad. And like her, I, it's, it's just very sad. I feel bad for the kid. Cause you're right. We actually, when you say that we don't know anything, I don't know anything about Daniel. All I know is that like one clip I saw of him playing, like probably like doom or whatever. Like what was that computer game called? Doom. It was like one of the first computer games that people were like, this is bad for kids. He's playing like some PC, like shooter game, basically. Strike. I don't know. Maybe. Like, something like that. It was, like... And it was very, like, dark. We only saw, like, three seconds of what Daniel actually did in his personal time. And we all know, if anyone in America, you ask them, who's Daniel Smith or whatever his last name was, like, what does he look like? We all know what the guy looks like. We've all seen him countless times. He's just, like, this person that had to be an accessory to the one of the most famous women in the country of our time. Like, yeah, he just... And it's demented to never be, like, free of the idea of your mom being sexualized. Yeah. Like, who would be the equivalent of that today? I mean, I know Pam Anderson has sons, and they seem like they have their own life by no means. Are they in the spotlight? I don't know what they look like, you know? And her, like, sort of, like, Playboy days were over a little bit when they came into the picture. So it's, like, who is – I mean, you know – Kim has been elevated, so, like, she doesn't count because she's been elevated. Like, I mean, in terms of being in the trenches, like, being a literal one-year-old baby while your mom is going to her first, like, you know, stripping gig, basically, and then being pushed onto a national spotlight in such a salacious way also, just because, like, the J. Howard Marshall of it all, like, it didn't look good. The optics were not great there. Yeah. And so, like, the uh, the only other way America knows your face besides, oh, your mom is, like, the hot chick is, like, your she mom's married, the hot chick who's, like, lecherous as well. Yeah, she married an 84-year-old man or whatever. Like, it's yeah. it's the classic, I hate the term gold digger because I think it's so negative and, like, anti-women. But and also, like, get it? Like, I have no problem. Yeah. Like, someone's a true gold digger. Like, that chick on 90 Day Fiance, do you watch that show at no. all? There's one chick on there. I don't keep up with it. But, like, her whole thing is basically, like, I came to America so you would buy me, like, Birkin bags. And you're not <laughs> doing that. And I'm fucking out. And I'm like, there's nothing, like, she has stated her intention. That's great. Like, Anna was not like that. But, like, she also did, you know, she knew how to say, I was promised a certain thing. And J. Howard Marshall led with that. Like, when he said, Mm -hmm. you know, if if you accept this horse, like, and you say thank you, like, I also want to give you the keys to the castle, sort of. Mm -hmm. And she was surprised by that, but then also, like, grew to take his word and like if if we are not good for our word what are we good for and like it's where i kind of like look at her being simple and i'm just like that is very sweet that she took that at face value i'm so sick of the anti-female narrative that's like you can't want nice things you're not allowed you're a gold digger you're white trash it's like no that's you're wrong you're an evil woman hater like we're all allowed to 
We are all free to do and want whatever we want in this world as long as we're not breaking the law and hurting people. I agree with that. Like, I'm waiting for my next serious, serious relationship where I'm like, this is, I only wear gold jewelry. Don't fuck with me on that. (laughs) And then he's like, you're superficial. So I could be like, you don't get me. Mm -hmm. And we're done. Yeah. You know? And that's it. I face this all the time with, and it, it used to be earlier like in the relationship with my boyfriend where I love makeup. I will never have enough makeup. I will always buy makeup. I'm addicted to it. I love putting it on. I love collecting it. It's so much fun. And it, he, and I watch makeup videos and my boyfriend would be like, eh, it's rotting your brain. What are you doing? You don't need makeup. And I'm like, I've just come to realize like you don't get it. That's okay. Makeup for me is not this like thing that takes me down and makes me feel bad about myself. No, it's empowering. It's a hobby. I love it. It's yeah. Art. It is something that I love and there's nothing wrong with that. And no man is going to tell me that that's a problem. I don't think I've ever even really seen you wear makeup. I mean, which is I, do what have I love s- this about you. <laughs> I have some on right now. Look, I'm, you know what? Ever since I turned 30, I'm, I'm putting foundation on like pretty much every day. Okay, okay. So foundation, mascara, blush, a little lip here. And you do it very well. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, I would, I had no idea you had makeup on at all. That's great. Which, like, I don't even mean in a, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I really mean, like, you do it very well. Thank you. Wait, you have a, can we, like, diverge for a moment? You have a beauty podcast. Yes. Now. Like, you've been doing it for a while, I guess. Yeah, almost a year and a half. It's called Glowing Up, which we have to have you on it. It'd be so uh, Sure, good. sure. Um... So, like, tell me all about, like, how you started that. Um, Are you a big YouTube head? I watch a lot of YouTube videos, yes. A lot of beauty YouTubers. Is that how you got into it, sort yeah, of? Yeah, it kind of became, like, my relaxing, my, like, escape from everything. And I would just be addicted and, like, subscribe to a bunch of uh, beauty vloggers and watch all their videos. And um, Are you following this, like, implosion right now in the online YouTube community of, like, like the main six are like in an implosion right now. Like Jeffree Star and Manny MUA are like done. I haven't watched all the drama video. What do you, I don't know much. Basically all I know is that like they, like the six of Jeffrey's like buddies that he sort of like helped them with their come up because like Jeffrey's been putting in work since I first started MySpace. So, yes. like, I will say that, like, anyone who says that, like, Jeffrey isn't the beacon is wrong because he's been putting in work and terrifying me. Like, with some of those photos, like, when he was, like, really mean back in the day, like, I was terrified of him. Like, I was like, oh, that's the last person. Like, he would destroy me, <laughs> like, verbally. Um, and then, like, so all these people, he sort of, like, gave their come up, like, when he started the YouTubing thing, they all have, like, banned against him. And they're all anti-Jeffrey now. Why? I mean, there's a variety of reasons. I think the number one being, you can point to a lot of problematic things in his past, which I think they were leaning on. Mm -hmm. But, like, now it's all basically come down to, like, he's done with you. Because he sees, like, you for what you are. And that you only really, like, you only really want to be around him if there's, like, a brand deal. Or if you can, like, Mm -hmm. pimp your product or something. Because he is one of the biggest audiences and also is... So fucking independently wealthy now from this. He makes 150 million a year. From what? His beauty line and like his various businesses. So like he also has like a merch company and like warehouses and like he fucking makes money. And like this is a guy that like on the other side of eight years ago was broke. So he um like there's a from what I understand, by the way, and I also don't I'm 
don't know where this will be when this comes out. But like these, some of his retractors, um, like basically like Jeffrey's fans went in and they started looking for the keywords on the old tweets Mm. and they pulled up some real bad tweets. And then like to top off the bad tweets because like Jeffrey's fans don't have a like to stand on in that capacity because he has a whole messy past himself Mm -hmm. they were really bad apologies and like so people have lost like their businesses they've lost all their deals this week like the last couple weeks like people have like seen their careers sort of die who has um his like Manny MUA is like done what yeah done what happened uh he had some he's been outed for getting paid a lot of money for like doing brand deals like like we'll pay you a million dollars to say something negative about this brand no yeah and then um Laura Lee was in a big racial scandal situation where she said some really shitty stuff in the past, like maybe six years ago or something. And then she, her apology for it was really bogus. (gasps) And like, this is not an enviable position for anyone, but like also I think a lot of people's like true colors showed and that like the way that they like showed up to certain drama, you know? And so, like, the whole beauty YouTube thing, which I don't even really follow, is, like, in shambles right now. And it seems like like there's maybe five survivors that are going to come out of this. But, oh like, a gosh. lot of the so-called trash in the community from the drama YouTubers I follow are gone. Well, I know Jacqueline Hill and Kathleen Lights were still standing when I watched their videos Jacqueline Hill's around. She's doing great. Yeah. I guess. But people are always hating on her because she's just totally a salesman and she's just making bank but i don't look i don't hate on that i think go for it i think you should yeah, yeah like affiliate your... link that shit out yes. to like this the gods i'm like, using code jack attack i'm saving 10 percent at morphe like I'm, yeah yeah thank do you do you like morphe i do i like their brushes i have a lot of their brushes everyone loves morphe and i've never used the product nor have i seen a store here's the thing morphe it's just cheap you're just gonna find right. every single possible brush you could need there okay and it's affordable is it like that nyx store or whatever like those like elf like those stores that are just like off-brand sort of sephora's that exist yeah. as like a capsule brand yeah that are in malls yes i would okay. say it's about that level quality wise okay yeah yeah because everyone's doing morphe and i'm just like i see it everywhere and i can't i can't believe like, it makes sense to me because brushes i i'm a person who I will spend money on the high-end products, but for brushes, no. Like, I I just, they're all the same to you me. You tear them up. I don't Or even, you don't care. Yeah, they're just, why am I going to spend $70 on a Chanel brush when I can spend $3 on the e.l.f. one or $4 on the Morphe one? Like, it's just, to me... That's good to know because that's where yes. I get caught up as a consumer that like doesn't discuss this with other people. Like, do I care more about the brush or the product? Oh my God. Save your money on the brush for sure. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Sorry if we're, I feel bad that we're not talking about. No, we do that. Oh, okay. That's like also why this podcast can take a very long time is <laughs> okay. because we do like little <laughs> off to the sides. Um, but I mean, no, this is like also very interesting too, because it does come back to Anna where it's like, she was a perfect storm and that like, she honestly also like another reason why I wouldn't want to be an actress that has to play like Britney Spears or Anna Nicole Smith is like, she's fucking gorgeous. Which by the way, like, doesn't this just remind you that, and I've always felt like this and I'll never forget the moment where I learned this. 
gorgeous women like that are, I'm sorry, we're not going to pretend like they're living on a different planet. On Their a different planet. experience in life is very different from ours. Everywhere they go, people see them. I'll never forget my moment for this was I had this new roommate. She's gorgeous. You know, all the things that make what I, from what our society has told us makes you perfect. Blonde hair, blue eyes, tan skin, skinny body. Like she was my roommate. We, she's like, let's go out. She was new to LA. We went out to a bar in Santa Monica and the second we walked in, men started walking up to her, asking her for if they could buy her a drink, asking her for a number, ask, talking. I'm like, I literally was like, I I didn't know that really happens. I yeah. I only have seen that in movies. Yeah. It just blew my mind. Yeah, the world opens up differently. Like when you're like that. And my cousin, my cousin Fiona has always been like a knockout gorgeous. Like in like to the point that like when we were kids like we would go anywhere. And I remember like seeing Joe Kennedy in the mall, like from Massachusetts. So like, I'm like, Oh, that's a big, that's a big person. And I wanted to go into politics. And so I remember like being like Fiona, come here. Like I grabbed <laughs> Fiona's hand and I was like, Hey, I was like, Mr. Kennedy. I like, I just wanted to say like, love you guys, love your fam. Like whatever. I was like maybe nine oh my and feel and and fiona's like standing next to me and he goes it's nice to meet you like kind of like limp fishes me and then he turns to my cousin he goes you are just look at you you are just and i just was like this is and that was always like my life with fiona is that fiona's like so beautiful and like it's it's a cartoonish um but like i also was saying this to someone recently on this show which like i don't I don't love that I'm like keep bringing up this like sort of false, this sort of like fake out New York Times editorial moment where I had this this girl come and stay with me recently and she was only 24 and she's a friend of a friend. And I said to her, like I was looking at her and I said, I've never said this to someone before, but I actually believe your life might have been harder because you're so pretty. Like, and I think it's honestly is because she's also really, really smart. She's also like a fucking normal person. Like she's not someone that like rests on her good looks. She's also just exceptionally fucking good looking. And I'm like, this just seems like a lot of racket around you all the time. Just because like, you know what? It's not great. Like as much as that seems like it's like great to walk into a bar and have all these people pay attention to you for this reason. It seems annoying also, especially if it's not really getting you anywhere. Mm -hmm. And if it's like doing you Anna Nicole favors, which we know are no favors at all. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, you know, the last sort of attention you really want. And it's like, I think the plight of, I mean, she really was a perfect storm, Anna Nicole. She really was like, she had a role model, Marilyn Monroe, who she happened to wind up to develop to look a lot like, and then, you know, Marilyn Monroe also lived in her house. Five iconic. I mean, so cool. Yes, I Googled that address the second they mentioned it in the movie. The house was sold last year for like $8 million. Yeah. So like, well, yes. So I was going to say like, I don't think revisionist history like does a lot of, now we're sort of getting there, does a lot of justice to how terrible Marilyn Monroe's life was. Like it was not a great life. Um, But like we raise women, especially young girls to think like, oh, like, you want to be a Marilyn Monroe or like an Audrey Hepburn breakfast at Tiffany is like, yeah. but it's like actually so much more tragic. And, um, Anna, when she first came out to LA or when she decided to come out to LA, she begged, um, J Howard Marshall to rent her Marilyn Monroe's little house. And like, we go to a scene where Anna is literally poolside drinking a Mai Tai 
on a float in full hair and makeup and also shoes. And she says like, Hey, like I need another drink. And some like shirtless cabana boy comes over from polishing her vintage vehicle and gives her like a drink. And then she's also pulling pills out of her purse at the same time. And it's like, wow, like, yeah, like you've reached your goal. Like if this is what like you wanted, you reached your goal. And like, I think that that's, also where I think like a lot of messaging is very important, like around like what's actually important. Like it might be dope to have the next generation. I don't think the next generation of girls like is particularly interested in Marilyn Monroe and it should be interested to see what happens. Yeah. Who will they be interested in? I don't know. I hope like Michelle Obama, like I really great. hope like Yara Shahidi is really, if they're like her, then we're set. Yeah. She is like such a great person. Yeah. Um, I just thought of her because Michelle Obama wrote her, what's it called? Recommendation letter for Harvard. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I get the sense that the next, like not the, uh, the people who are like 12 and f- 12 to 18 right now are so much better than us. I feel like they care about likes and followers less like look at the Parkland kids. Like I just feel like I, I believe in our youth and I don't yeah. think every generation is ready to jump and say that. And I think that, like there's also a more like a broader conversation around like everything, literally everything. Like the world seems to be like on fast forward from when we were kids. I think growing up, like just the way that people spoke about anything seems so archaic now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that like the um, dialogue around everything is really different. I definitely, though, am more tuned into like what my girlfriends are doing with their sons than I do their daughters, which is now fucked up. Because I'm always like, just make sure you're raising good boys. Like, mm-hmm. I'm always worried that they're not like, I'm always excited for my friends that are going to have boys because I'm like, you have the opportunity to raise like good guys, yeah. you know? Um, and I think in that there is something like inherently a sexist in me that I'm more concerned about them not raising shitty boys than I am about them raising like very strong women. But I kind of just like assume that my friends are already going to do that. Mm -hmm. But it is a conversation. I have no idea like what this next generation of women are like, they're going to grow up to like have as role models. Yeah. I don't know. Is it going to be YouTubers and Instagram people? That's a good point. That's most likely it yeah and like that whole male gaze thing is like so there like it's so there like i see these kids on like instagram and i'm just like you're 15 but you look 23 and you're posing very sexually which i was like very i the i was not burdened of that in any way i think especially because of the age that i grew up but also my mom really i think as a single mom she did the anti Anna Nicole and she like really as her daughter she really wanted to keep me very innocent and very like childlike and almost like in a weird way like I like didn't realize I was in college that like a guy would like ever like like I had a boyfriend in high school but Mm -hmm. like I didn't realize like guys would be like hitting on me at parties like and I think it was partially because my mom raised me to just be like self-contained and at home and like happy with my girlfriends and happy with like my high school boyfriends mm. that like it was all very vetted and so it's interesting to think about like that in a way that like I don't know I mean like Anna Nicole's whole life her whole fucking life was around her life was around her mom's sexuality I think because of her socioeconomic situation her mom was a cop 
which I fucking forgot about. Same. Until her mom, like, literally comes out in the sheriff's uniform. And, like, back at the house, like, you know, Anna Nicole's left with her mom's drunk boyfriend. She said her mom had a series of, like, drunk loser boyfriends. And then, you know, she wound up kind of providing Daniel with, like, a similar environment despite all the work she did. And it's because... I don't think that dialogue was accessible in any way. Like there wasn't any Twitter for like some single mom to log into and see like different points of view and like you're worth it and like you're working towards this, but this is like, this is what's out there in the world for you. And it's more attainable now. And I think like at the time, like she just continued, like she was a byproduct of someone resting sort of on that male gaze. She was so into partying that I, I found myself during the movie thinking like, if there was no Daniel, would she have even made it this this long? Like, she wouldn't have. No, yeah, I mean, well, no. Here's the thing: she only we only really saw her like start to use when she goes to the strip club her first night. Which, by the way, have you ever like put yourself there mentally? Like, what would I do if like it was? Because like I think I went through this when I watched the client list, where I was like, what if I had to give hand jobs like to save my family? Mm-hmm. And. Like, what, how would I act in that moment? Because, like, definitely when I was really broke, like, my friends and I would be like, but, like, what if? Like, what if, like, we just became high-end escorts? Like, what would that be like? And we'd, like, talk through it, and it'd always be like, no, 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 like, stay on the path. But, like, it was always – it's always been a question to me, like, how would I handle the pressure leading up to that moment? How would I actually deal with being on stage in that moment? And we're seeing Vicky Lynn Hogan, like, in her matching bra and panty set that, like, you know, you and I know is, like, some, like, Target, like, twofer or whatever. And some uh, another worker comes in, and she's, like, a pro, and she says, like, oh, like, you're in over your head. Here's a hot pink outfit, and here's a Xanax. Like, take the Xanax. That will relax you. And the champagne, it just tastes good. <laughs> and... When you associate your ability to do your job, and I'm sure you see this in stand-up a lot, when you associate your ability to do your job with drinking, like, oh, I have to drink in order to get up on stage. Like, I'm sure you see a lot of people, like, sort of get into that mentality right away. Sure, yeah. And maybe it means that this isn't the right career path for them, or maybe it means that, like, some bricks were laid before you saw them or whatever. But, like... What I mean, what do you think about that aspect of it where like her job was also innately tied to being naked in public and being okay with that? Yeah, it's it's pretty hard and like I totally understand why she became addicted to drugs and alcohol. She probably was nervous and unhappy and had a lot of anxiety. Like it all makes sense. Um and yeah, I think it's it's pretty normal, at least it seems in our society, to need some kind of drug or even just coffee. Like, friggin' I need coffee to work, to get right. through my work day. Like, we all need something, but obviously this was on such an extreme level and it just, it went too far. Do you see that with stand-up? Like, people very early on sort of, like, depending on stuff in order to get themselves up on stage? Because that's the most common fear is public speaking. It's hard for me to identify people if someone is drinking because they're afraid to go up or if they're drinking because they just like Drink. to have fun or yeah. they're already addicted to it. But I definitely see people who drink and 
I know stories about people who drink too much and because of it, you know, maybe the eight o'clock, their eight o'clock show, they kill it and the audience is happy. The club is happy, but come their 10 o'clock show, like they're shit face and they're just not able to perform. So I certainly hear stuff like that all the time. And I do think you're right. It is similar. Just the, it can be similar because performing is scary yeah in all degrees some people are scared of it and that's their job and you know i have times where i'm nervous i don't want to go on stage and i have times where i'm excited to go on stage like you don't know where you're going to be at on any given day and how you're going to feel about something it is such a fickle like career and it there's so much at play. And I think it's all, yeah, it goes back to, I think also like who you have around you when you're starting, right? Mm-hmm. Because some people probably have friends who are like, you're going to be great. Like they don't say, just have a glass of champagne and a Xanax. Like you'll be right. fine. That, Do you know what I mean? Yes. It was clearly the outside influence. But like, then I look at that and I'm like, well, who taught that girl to do that? And I'm like, this is symptomatic of a bigger problem, which mm-hmm. is like, it's not normal to like, want to get up on stage and dance naked for dollar bills. Well, and if you can do that, that's dope. And like, you should do it. But like, if you're doing it, despite like the, if you're doing it at all costs of you being uncomfortable and everything else, just because you need the money, the dollar bills that come with it, that's fucking tough. And yeah, but I don't want to discount. I do think there are people that, want to Love do it. it yeah or maybe they also want to make money and that's the primary reason they're doing it and they don't need to do that thing like i, no, I totally those yeah. people are out there for sure and there's nothing wrong with it i think it's very cool and empowering yeah and like that's actually like what kind of like was rough about this movie for me because like i as i said i also know a lot of bless you i also know a lot of people that have been in like playboy and everything else and like a lot of them like at least one of the people i know was a a mormon when she went in like never has had a drink in her life sort of deal and she just was like comfortable in her body and like you know i also know like tons of artists and like everything else i didn't i wouldn't like i would never strive to have the conversation around this career path be also linked to addiction Mm -hmm. except that i think that like she was kind of driven to it because she didn't really have another path. Her mm-hmm. looks were valued above anything else with her. Um, I don't think she was educated at much at all. I think she was maybe 16 or something when she got pregnant with Daniel. She was pretty young. So she really didn't have a lot of options in terms of how to really take care of herself. And you wind up in this situation where... I mean, look at all the people that fail their finals every year because they don't want to get up and talk about something in class. You know what I mean? Let alone, oh, I have to pay for me and a child. And like <sighs> her mom wouldn't take her in. And like that's it sucks. Like it's, it really does. It's like I feel like Anna Nicole gets a bad rap because she is also so campy and like is also such like she's such like a an icon. But, like, she really is, like, a very much, like, part of the fabric of America, I feel like, in a good and bad way. Where yeah. it's, like, this is what we've also set up a society to look like for an undereducated woman who's not in, a, like, a financial position to take care of herself, who might be in an abusive relationship, who has a young child. And, like, what career paths does she turn to? And then, you know, lack of training aside like what does she have to train her to do that and sometimes there's no backup like if you're not it's not i would say in our society considered normal to be comfortable on stage naked and like it's tight if you can be but like i think that like most people are probably like no i wouldn't want to do that Mm -hmm. 
and most people don't want to be on stage period a period yeah yeah let alone like and that was interesting too is like watching her evolution on stage because she did sort of find her balance at a certain point and then was able to one-up it by saying like not only am I going to be good at this but I'm going to go get boobs that they don't even have on the chart at the doctor (laughs) which is an iconic scene actually yeah when she went and got her fake tits done which is like amazing guys like this other stripper is in the room she walks in and she dominates and like anna's finally having her moment where like guys are actually lining up on the stage to see her because believe it or not in this story anna nicole could not even get a single guy to watch her strip in the beginning (laughs) of this movie but then like by the time she sort of gets her groove like the only person who's outweighing her at this club in any capacity is a stripper who has gigantic boobs and so she's like let me think about that for a minute what's that gonna look like for me so she goes to a doctor and um the doctor is like a peach a grapefruit and a melon on the table and she's like so what size are you thinking and anna nicole picks up a bowling a bowling ball bag and she says what like think about like whatever traditionally goes in here and then she takes the bowling ball bag and then dumps out ones all over the surgeon's desk and i'm like first of all Yes. Like, I believe this. I mean, this is like a larger than life scene, but I also think Anna Nicole would dump ones out on a surgeon's desk. Like, as if that's how anyone has ever paid for surgery. (laughs) But like, then she went and got the biggest, you know, she got the biggest ones done and then she just killed it at the club. And that's how she met J. Howard Marshall. And doesn't it make you think of that famous Kaylee Cuoco quote that everyone was so angry about, which including me, I didn't appreciate it. She's like, Breast implants were the best decision I ever made. I didn't hear that. Oh my God. This was maybe like four years ago. Like everyone was talking about it. She was clearly just commenting on how like when I was flat chested, I didn't get work. The second I got my implants, like now bitch, I'm a millionaire. And it's crazy. Which is a little bit funny because no one has worked more consistently in Hollywood than Kaylee Cuoco. Right? Um, Boobs or not. But yeah, no, like it's, I mean, yeah, I mean. What are you like? How am I supposed to process that? Like, I'm in my, I at the time was in, already in my mid to late 20s. So it's not like I was that impressionable. And if I had, were going to get fake boobs, I would have had them by now. But like, I'm just like that as an actor who's like trying to make it is such a crazy message to receive. I'm like, right. okay, well, I guess I have to at least think about that. I mean, it's definitely an attitude, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, maybe the one thing I respect about it is that it's like a point of view mm-hmm. where it's like, this is what I needed to, whether it's for her to feel confident in auditions or like literally she just needed some big boobs for whatever. Yeah, for the males in entertainment yeah. who work at the networks and the producers and all that stuff like, people just want to hire people who they find attractive like you know at least good for her for calling it out but still it's like a crazy message and it relates you see it in this movie with anna nicole the second she gets the breast implants everything starts to happen for her yeah it's crazy makes me sick but it's also like oh okay i guess that's just what it is there's a cheat at least there's a cheat code yeah well we'll start to wrap this up a little bit i do want to know now that we've brought it up i do want to say is there a limit of age for you for breast implant and is there a window where you wouldn't do it but then you do it again like i'm going for maybe some ramona singer boobs at 55 what would that be um like just like get my get my boobs on when i'm 55 i i'm very 
against any kind of surgery, foreign objects. Like I feel like I got sick so much in high school and I was a very sickly kid. Like I don't want to put give be the reason that I have any risk at getting sicker or anything like that. I would kick myself forever. I would just I know the guilt I would always feel and as much as I like idolized having big boobs as a child like much like Miss Anna Nicole like I always wanted to have big boobs I prayed for boobs like I at this sound age I will I'm I think I'm I hope I'm past that yeah you know I don't I just don't want to do anything that I don't have to do medically I feel past it I feel like past that like insecurity of my 20s which is like now's the time and that's why I'm like, well, maybe in my twilight years, like I could go for a pick me up. But I also know I'm like, I would never like do that. It like, sounds I so would have done it already. Right. Like, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds fun though. Right. Like totally. to be like, hi, I'm 55. Welcome to the beach. Like, here's my <laughs> new boobs. Okay. So we're going to wrap this up, but I want to know before we sign off way before we sign off, do you have any like final big thoughts or anything you want to like leave the audience with? regarding this movie i loved this movie i really enjoyed it i love anything you do with anna nicole smith and i I hope that more movies like this get made i hope there's more material on her i don't want her to fade into oblivion like i want her story i want more books more movies you know give me a damn netflix series about her life update me on danny lynn weekly please oh my god i mean i google image her today like the latest photos of her of her from the kentucky derby in may of this year like i want to know more about her i obviously don't want i want the best for her yeah first and foremost but i would love as much information on her as i can get yeah i know i don't feel like we get enough and by the way that's so iconic that she was at kentucky derby that's where her mom and dad met mm-hmm. i de- like I never put together that, that iconic photo of Anna and all pink at the Kentucky Derby. It was like when she got pregnant. Um, okay. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank this is like a me. fun little overview episode of the movie. And I think probably the best way to handle such a great movie. Thank yes. you for like coming and doing this. Thank you for having me. Yay. You're the best. Will you, I'm going to have all your information linked in the um, episode description, but people can find you on. Yes. So do, do weird adults. Uh, I'm actually going to start weird adults up again soon. Okay, great. And I have glowing up, which is a podcast about beauty, skincare, diet, exercise, all things girly and glowy. And then my show alone together, which has two seasons on Hulu, which is great. Thank you. And then um, I'm coming to Chicago and New York and Boston october so if you want to get tickets to that you can find them on my instagram and like my saved story thingy at esther monster you're the best you thank are thank you for doing that please come on going up i cannot wait for, okay do it. anything you want Yay. anything you want all right all right we love you guys bye. bye is that your new makeup artist anna huh my neighbor's daughter hannah and i always got on of course we got along better when i wasn't zooming on things i oughtn't to i wish you can go on the water slide I want to go. You can't. Why can't I go? Can't, because you're a baby. My baby's over there. This is going to be worth some money. Not that baby. Your baby down there in your belly. It's just gas. Look, it's just a battery, baby. Don't open her skin. She's having brain trouble. Brain trouble. I 
think she's hungry. Are you hungry, baby? I'm gonna go feed the baby. Oh. Let's go get you some food, baby. Major brain trouble. I think she has to go to the hospital. You hungry, baby? I'm gonna feed you some food. We're gonna get you a baba. I told God after that clown show from hell, if he let my baby daughter be born healthy, I'd never do a drug or drink a drink again. Ever. Scout's freaking owner. Somebody had a baby. Hey, Danny. Hey, Danny. You came. You look so good. Yeah, of course I came. I had to see my little sister. Yeah. Hi. I'm guessing that's you. Look, it's your big brother. He's come to see you. You're good, right, Danny? Yeah, I'm good, Mom. Just like your dad. Oh, by the way, who is your dad? So what are you going to name her? Danny Lynn. After her big brother. Danny Lynn Hope. She's beautiful, Mom. Come on, sit down. Howard, will you take a picture? I want to remember this moment. Up, everybody smile. Can get the baby to smile, Danny. I'll just take a picture. <laughs> there are a thousand people I could try to blame. Howard K. Stern for putting me on that stupid reality show. My mama for not letting me go bowling. My dad for knocking down doors he shouldn't have. E. Prick for being a prick. I could try pointing a finger at Hefner for founding Playboy. Letterman for mocking me. Kodak for making a camera. The doctors who prescribed all the pills I took, would love to call them all guilty. Let myself off the hook. But if I'm looking for the real culprit, for what I let happen to my own flesh and blood, mirrors where I gotta begin, middle and end.
At 2.49 this afternoon, we were advised by hospital personnel that Anna Nicole Smith had died. Lately, I've been thinking, maybe the best mother and I'm capable of is just letting Anna Nicole fly straight into the damn flame. listening to season three of mother may i sleep with podcast our show today was made possible by our coordinating producer nicole matthew as well as our producer sammy junio much love to christina lopez for all of her help and elizabeth brozek for that killer logo we love it when new listeners find our show and the best way for that to happen is landing in the apple podcast charts you can help us out with that by making sure you're subscribed to the show and if you want leave a review and if you really want to support the show you can head to our patreon patreon.com slash mmiswp for information on our ranking system episode details and social media head to mother may i sleep with podcast.com i'm your host molly mcaleer you can find me on twitter and instagram under m-o-l-l-s malls and if not there on my couch binging lifetime movies see you next time Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.